Welcome to the Retro Chat Podcast. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. We are back with another edition of the RCP. And coming up this week, we've got quite a big show to do. We're going to be firstly looking at WWE 2K22, uh, 2K22 if you want to call it that, that came out uh, this past Friday. We're going to be having a play with that and giving you our thoughts, uh, thoughts and opinions. Plus, we're going to be looking back to last week's episode of Star Trek Picard and talking about where are we going and what are we doing? As well as that, we're going to be launching our playthrough, our retro play of Mario Brothers on the NES. So a lot of things to come. Uh, but before we do that, let's just kick off with the news that broke on Monday that legendary professional wrestler Scott Hall the bad guy, Razor Ramon, uh, passed away. Scott had suffered uh, three heart attacks due to a blood clot and complications from uh, hip surgery. You know, I think it's fair to say on this show that we love all things retro. We, we really do. And if you're listening to this, you enjoy it as well. Um, and Scott Hall was legitimately one of the biggest names in professional wrestling whether or not that was in the awa whether or not that was in the nwa wcw the wwf impact new japan wherever he went scott hall made a mark and uh, he is going to be missed he was only 63 years old we will be doing a special retrospective look at scott hall in the coming weeks and if you would like to be involved in that then please let me know all you need to do is join us on social media which is facebook instagram and twitch at retro chat podcast or tweet us at retro chat pod using the hashtag back in time uh more on that as we decide we're going to do it but it will be a thorough look back at the life of the times the career of the legend that was Scott Hall. But for now, uh, on behalf of all of us here at the Retro Chat Podcast, on behalf of myself, on behalf of Chris, um, or the MOS Network, uh, rest in peace, Scott. Uh, you're no longer suffering. And uh, our condolences go out to the friends and family of Scott Hall. Okay. Let us move on and talk about our first topic of the week and that is this wwe 2k22 it hits harder and it really does because it's been two years since we last had a wwe game in fact it's longer than that it's since 2018 uh because wwe 2k19 was the last game of the franchise that was actually any good 2k20 we don't even talk about it anymore. So there's a lot of pressure from 2K going into this release. It has to improve on the quality of 2K20. Uh, we already know that WWE and EA are in conversations about potentially moving the franchise over to them. So is that going to happen? I kind of hope it doesn't because I'll tell you why. 2K20 is a phenomenal game. Now, they have changed the control systems, and there are a few things that uh, don't work 
right or is still nagging like the um uh, belts when they're walking out sometimes you can see the cross blur on the bodies and i think lee mentioned that on sunday on mos but the one thing about the game is that they have completely changed the fighting the controls which makes it a little bit complicated to do some things but i actually find the reversals now to be a lot easier especially if you can get into the mind of your opponent if you're playing against somebody uh is pressing the right button at the right time does that reversal the animation is much more solid the detail in the performers is much more solid now i'm playing it on a ps4 pro um not on a ps5 or, or an xbox x and even i was blown away by the quality of the characters that they had and that goes for everyone because you know normally with a game like that you will get decent animation for the big main eventers like the roman reigns the brock lesnar's the seth rollins but everybody has got a decent animation style this time everyone has got a decent character the entrances are superb the match types are superb um what isn't superb about it gm mode now gm mode had the possibility of being absolutely tremendous you choose which of the general managers you want to be is it sonia deville uh shane mcmahon william regal um or adam pierce and you choose what brand you want to go on and you can either customize the draft so you can do it yourself or you can have it automatically automatically done i went with the automated one i went as william regal um running monday night uh, raw why and then i was picked up against shane mcmahon who was running nxt and the problem is you can't have all of the talent at the time you get a very small roster you do three matches and two promos you get feedback uh from the crowd from the viewing audience on wwe socials um and then you get a, a show report and you find out who out of those two shows is number one for the week now i started off being number one uh i'm currently number two uh, i'm falling behind nxt black and gold not nxt 2.0 um i kind of expected that my main feud at the moment is between johnny gargano and john cena for the wwe championship closely followed by becky lynch against mickey james for the wwe raw women's championship the other thing about the gm mode is it can only go up for 52 weeks and that's it it stops uh we're not that far into it yet um it would have been good to have had it carry on for an indefinite period of time because you could have done that there's no reason why you couldn't um but it only lasted for 52 weeks the other thing is wwe universe mode where you can either play universe as it was or you can do a dedicated superstar of a male or female across the universe and compete in their matches and this is great i've really enjoyed doing this i think for me though it always comes back to the gameplay and the one-on-one -on -one. and you know i love popping it in uh loading it up and just having a fight and the roster is huge the roster is tremendous there's some unusual ones that you wouldn't expect in it um but they are which is you know fine johnny gargano being one of them kylo riley's in the game uh the nature boy rick flair's in the game obviously you got scott hall 
uh, and Kevin Ash and Hulk Hogan. Now, I went for the deluxe edition. Um, I could only justify spending that, uh, not on the NWO edition of the of the game. And I've really not been disappointed. It's just solid. It's very enjoyable. It's really fun. It has everything that you want in a wrestling game. And over the next few days, we're going to put some videos up. We'll start putting some videos up on our YouTube channel of gameplay through uh, 2K22. So let us know what you want to see. Or do you want to see some matches? Do you want to see us go through the GM mode? Tell me. We'll play it and we'll start adding them in to the 2K22 series uh, right here on the Retro Chat podcast. It's a great game. In summary, I'd give it a four out of five. It, it's not perfect. There's still aspects of it that could be improved on. Um, but really, it's what you want the game to be. If you want it to pick up and run with it, go for it. Now, the only thing that I really hated about it or I really didn't like was the load time. So the installing took over four hours uh, on the PS4 console. And it's just, you know, back, I, I went the digital version, so I don't have a disc. Uh, I took a gamble, right? Because, you know, normally with a disc, you just take it back. Um, can't do that on a on a download. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it was a long installing time, very long installation time. And that did take the fun away from it because you were sat there going, I want to play the game. I want to play the game. Now, you could play a very mini version of 22, and that gave you access to Rhea Ripley, um, Bianca Belair, Damian Priest, Roman Reigns, and Rey Mysterio, I think. <clears throat> so you could do a couple of matches, but it was only a one-on-one. There were no entrances. There were no um, special effects or anything like that. It was literally just in the ring, on a one-on-one, have a match, win it, back to the main menu, go back in, do it again. So after a few matches of those... Oh, you couldn't change the difficulty level either. So after a while, it was just... I'm getting absolutely destroyed here. But it was a good way of kind of, you know, getting the uh, enthusiasm, if you will, going. So four out of five. Go pick yourself up a copy. Uh, season DLC has been announced and released, and it looks incredible. Everyone from, uh, you know, Ronda Rousey to Doink the Clown to anyone and everyone in fact i'm just going to bring up the list of the dlc now so that we can go through it so what we have is on june the 28th we have the clowning around pack which is doing the clown ronda rousey the british bulldog mr t dewdrop and rick box on july the 19th we have the whole damn pack, which is Rob Van Dam, Logan Paul, Machine Gun Kelly, L.A. Knight, Zia Lee, and Commander Aziz. June the 7th, we have the Stand Back Pack, which is the Hurricane. I love that. Um, Stacey Keebler, A-Kid, Wesley, and Nash Carter. May the 17th, we have the Most Wanted Pack. Uh, Indy Hartwell, Aliyah Druganoff, Vader, the Boogeyman, and Cactus Jack. And on April the 26th, it's the Bonsai Pack which is Casey Katanzaro, Omos, Rikishi, Umaga, and, of course, the, leg the legend that is Yokozuna. Uh, so that's all of your DLC 
coming through over the next few months. And that was confirmed by um, 2K themselves. So there we go. There we go. Other news coming out uh, as we move away from this right now. And I'm just going to bring something up because there was some news made last night about Star Trek Strange New Worlds. We'll bring this up. And I just suddenly thought about it and realizing I actually need to talk about it. So uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is the brand new show featuring Anston Mount as Captain uh, Christopher Pike have now confirmed that in season two, they will have Paul Wesley take on the role of the legendary Starfleet captain, Captain James T. Kirk. I don't know how I feel about that, guys. And I'll tell you the reason why. For me, Strange New Worlds should be completely different. It should be about Pike, Spock, and number one, and that crew. I don't want to see them starting to bring in characters from the original series, okay? I don't want to see Uhura. I don't want to see Sulu. I don't want to see a Chekhov. I don't want to see Scotty. I want these characters in Strange New Worlds to have the ability to give us the adventures of the Enterprise that we didn't see before the original five-year mission under Jim Kirk. That's the selling point of this um whether or not we're going to get it i don't know we're gonna have to see what happens in season two season one we know launches in may uh discovery and picard are still airing at the moment discovery is not long left in its run Picard, as we know has only just started we'll talk about that and there we have it super mario brothers the first part of the run through uh so we're currently in world five uh podcast listeners if you want to watch that you can do just by coming to the youtube channel and it'll be right like, yeah now we're gonna go for another quick break when we come back card season two episode two review join the mos network the home of the ministry of slam pro wrestling show every sunday at 7 p.m uk time we bring you all the latest wrestling news fun segments and of course we bring you classic wrestling interviews from the last 20 years the only people that really have taken shots at us are, are the people that are really avid wwe fans we are also the home of the retro chat podcast go back in time with andy evans every single wednesday at 7 p.m uk and don't forget the Ministry of Horror show with Tez every single Tuesday, where he looks back, brings in special guests, and looks at the history of horror. The MOS Network is an awesome community for wrestling fans, pop culture fans, and people who like positive energy all around the world. Come and make friends with like-minded fans 24-7 in our exclusive Discord community. Gaming and music streams. Come on. Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah. And for you audio listeners, we also have the Ministry of Slam on the podcast feeds. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you check out your audio podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling wins with the MOS Network. Wrestling wins, entertainment wins with the MOS Network. Thanks to Lawrence and Lee there. And of course, don't forget to check out Ministry of Slam every Sunday at 7 o'clock and Ministry of Horror every Tuesday at 8 o'clock. So let's get 
to it. Star Trek Picard season two, episode two, uh, coming off one of the best episodes of Trek I've seen in recent memory, really kicking off season one, uh, episode one, season two with a bang. Could they keep that momentum going? Well, we're going to find out. So the premiere was focused primarily on catching us up with where our favourite characters stand emotionally, following on from the events of season one. Picard kicked things into high gear by following through on its promise of its season two trailers, which were alternate realities, time travel, and trial by Q. The first 10 minutes of this episode really are a tour de force from Star Trek Next Generation fan favourite, John Delancey as he and Patrick Stewart face off in high style, flinging everything from Shakespearean references to Star Trek deep cuts. He threw things such as yesterday's Enterprise into the, into the remit. In the Mirror Darkly was referenced. There was loads of Easter eggs in this point. There was also some physical violence, which we'd never actually seen Q do at that point in the history of the next generation of Picard. Yet, despite Q's fevered ramblings about tests and atonement and the distant possibility of forgiveness, there is actually still a little hint as to why he's chosen this moment to return to Picard, or what exactly he's attempting to make his nemesis pay for. Nor there is there any hint as to why our favourite weirdo god being has chosen to alter reality in this way, or what frustling his best frenemy into a literal dystopian nightmare is meant to teach him. Why would Q choose to save the Stargazer crew from a certain self-destruct death in order to do this? What are they supposed to prove here, or what are they supposed to learn? In this warped version of the reality that we know, Picard is a monster. He's an authoritarian warrior who revels in conquering other races and preaching the gospel of human superiority. He's got an office full of the skulls of his enemies. And this was where I really sat up. Because the first name that was referenced was Gul Dukat. And you saw a Cardassian skull. The next was General Martok. And then Sarek was mentioned. Slain on the steps of the Vulcan Science Academy with his wife and son by a microvirus, with Q reveling in that, going, nice touch. Picard's home has a house full of oppressed slaves and a, an apparent penchant for dramatic executions. But Picard's personality is not the only thing in this timeline that was apparently vastly altered, because Seven of Nine is now Annika Hansen once more. While her human self wasn't assimilated by a species of cybernetic humanoids in this timeline, she still appears to have somehow been equally transformed. Here, she is the president of the Confederation of Earth. She's married to a man, and it seems as though she is as much of a true believer in alien eradication as Jean-Luc Picard was. Raffi appears to be Picard's chief of security in this timeline, where Rios is a captain helping to lead an attack on Vulcan, and Elnor is a Romulan rebel pushing back against the Confederation government and also committing some mild terrorism, but, you know, we don't really go into that detail. Even Earth 
itself has changed. Its skies have been darkened by pollution and crisscrossed by what appears to be some sort of a half-finished bioshield. And I actually looked at that and went, that reminds me so much of Farpoint when um, the planet was chasing after the Enterprise, which was Q. And it looked like then you had that big grit. It looked very similar to that. The only character really who actually resembles anything like their old one is Agnes, who is apparently a lonely antisocial scientist in every distinct possible reality. Thankfully, at least everyone remembers who they are and the original world that they came from. So valuable screen real estate isn't wasted on them getting all to the same page. Instead, we get to watch Picard 7 and the rest of the La Serena team play act at being facets while attempting to figure out both what has happened to them and what their best path for putting the timeline rights may be. And this is actually truly more entertaining than it has any right to be. Uh, Seven is so good at her role, but it's Agnes who steals the show for me with her hilarious off-the-cuff lying about everything from how she knows Seven to what their group of misfits were doing, hanging out together in a lab with a decapitated bulk head. Seriously? You can't write it. In truth, you know what? I'm actually a bit sad that we're only getting one episode in this nightmare reality uh, because watching Picard and friends try to pretend enjoying being the worst versions of themselves uh, was, was really kind of fun. And uh, yeah, I actually um, would love to have seen more about that. Alternate timelines are always fascinating concepts because they allow us to see how different potential futures for characters we know and love could have been caused by the simplest of changes or different decisions. And so many things go into the formation of a person and our lives are full of these tiny moments that seem so unremarkable at the time, but that might contain the seeds of multiple futures. On Picard, <clears throat> we don't actually know what specific change Q has made in the past in order to bring about this dystopian nightmare that we're in now. All we know is the location and the time, which is LA and 24, in which whatever it is actually does take place. Therefore, our crew will need to embrace some original series-style time travel in order to stop whatever it is from happening and thereby restore the world they knew and presumably without, as so many sci-fi shows have taught us before, drastically changing anything else. Go back to uh, First Contact. For us as a viewer, it's understandable to wonder how the human race and the optimistic ideals of the Federation could possibly have become so corrupted that our society turned into, well, this. After all, it's difficult to picture how any version of the man we currently know as Picard could possibly grow up to be a bloodthirsty fascist who supports the eradication of all non-human species in an attempt to conquer the galaxy. But since the La Serena crew is now traveling back to a time that's roughly 300 years before Picard even was born, it would appear that anything is possible. A Picard that is shaped by a different history, raised to embrace a different idea of what human ideals are, could well have existed. Had someone somewhere made different choices when it comes to creating the world that he was born into. 
And that's why Q seems to hold our Picard responsible for the different world that shaped those choices is something that, quite honestly, I haven't actually figured out yet. The name of this episode is Penance. But it wasn't super clear who is meant to be performing such a rite, nor whose sins they are meant to be answering for. Are they Q's? And how does his frazzled, seemingly desperate demeanour play into this? The reappearance of the Borg Queen, not that hooded, mysterious version from last week's premiere, but a figure who feels much more familiar to us, who knows of Annika's assimilation and that Picard was once Locutus, could be a hint that the answers lie somewhere in the thematic questions posed by the Stargazer about whether or not it's possible to trust those you once considered your greatest, most hated enemies. As a series as a whole, Picard has been especially interested in wrestling with both Jean-Luc and Seven's lingering Borg-related traumas. And it seems likely that since they're both now forced to time travel with one, that is something that will continue to unravel within season two. But how is her presence going to help or hinder their trip back to the past? That remains to be seen. And of course, we will see that this week as the premiere drops on Amazon Video internationally on Friday morning at 8 o'clock or on Paramount Plus on Thursday. It's also the finale of Discovery for this season. We know it's been renewed for season five. Uh, and going back to Picard, we know as well that Star Trek Picard has been renewed. It's currently in post-production now for its final season, season three. You know, I was talking to uh, Jay, Jason, uh, my former co-host of Two Men, and who's been on this show before. And we were talking about uh, Star Trek Picard. And I'm going to go and just read some comments that, that Jason has uh, has put through. Uh, he said, this is some dark shit. And it really is. Because they were totally totally different to what we've become used to in star trek it was a cracking episode so far we're two in out two in out of ten if they keep this momentum going this is going to be an amazing season and i am so looking forward to this week's episode where we find out if they go well will they go back to the future basically uh and what la of 2024 is going to be like who is the watcher who they reference in this episode. Who are they looking for? Why do they look like they're some synthetics on the planet? Is uh, Laris going to be playing a part in this? Stay tuned to find out. All right. So this week we've talked about WWE 2K22. We've talked about Star Trek Picard. We've begun the, the playthrough of um, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, and that's it for this week coming up later this week on the youtube channel will be a remembering scott hall video and that will be um a run through of a match from wwe 2k22 which is scott hall versus hulk hogan on the wcw nitro set and now it, it's not based on anything it's not a um a historic match it's just a match that i wanted to put together to be as remembering scott hall plus there'll be other playthroughs coming in uh throughout the wwe 2k22 journey being released over the next few days 
to week on the YouTube channel. I will be back next week with more of the retro chat. Uh, we're moving into WrestleMania season, which means our WrestleMania coverage will start. Uh, stay tuned to the MOS network for all of the good stuff that they have. And uh, that includes the Ministry of Slam live every Sunday, um, you know, across the information superhighway. Uh, right, let's give you some contact details. If you would like to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch, you can do. It's Retro Chat Podcast. Follow on Twitter and join in the conversation at Retro Chat Pod using the hashtag back in time. You can watch us on the YouTube channel, like you're doing right now, at Retro Chat Podcast UK. And you can listen to the audio podcast on all good podcast providers. All you need to do is search for the Retro Chat. Over the next couple of weeks, more from the vault will be appearing on the feed, including Masters of the Universe Chronicles with Chris Finn. Uh, don't forget, as we said, join the MOS Network family, Ministry of Slam Live, every Sunday at 7 p.m. GMT. Follow them on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at the MOS Network. Or follow Ministry of Slam on Twitter at Ministry of Slam. There we go. Uh, that's it for me this week. I will see you all very soon. But until then, take care, everybody. Bye-bye.